Hello, this is Eric Chappelle, and I want to welcome you to the Technocast presented by the National TUPSSO Franchise Owner Association. This week's Technocast um, is titled, Why Are We Involved in Washington? About six years ago, Diane and I uh, joined the association, and uh, we joined like many of you. Uh, we heard some ideas that would make us more profitable um, allow us to make more money without putting in a lot of extra effort and uh, gain some great ideas from owners just like you. And we have never one time regretted the decision to join the association. Uh, we currently own four stores and we try to operate our stores as we've learned from um, different owners amongst us in the association. Um, about seven or eight months ago, I was approached by the board of our association asking me if I'd be interested in being the association's liaison. And I'll be honest with you, I wasn't really sure what that meant. And uh, I knew that I knew what a liaison was, but I didn't know what this position would entail. And uh, many of you are probably wondering the same thing. What is a liaison? Well, a liaison is somebody who helps in communication or cooperation uh, that facilitates a close working relationship between people or organizations. Another definition of a liaison would be a binding or thickening agent in a sauce. It's usually based on egg yolks. Those of you who know me, you either think I'm an egg yolk or I'm an asset. <laughs> I, I hope I'm a little bit of both at times. Um, but part of our job as a liaison and what I've kind of been striving to do is to develop relationships uh, with home office and opening up lines of communication um, the best we can in a positive and an encouraging type of way and also to solicit new vendors and try to encourage them in joining our association as preferred vendors for all of us so that we can save money um, and when we have to buy products and you know how difficult it can be to watch that bottom line and make sure we're not overspending Another thing was, is I was asked to join um, as a board member of the CFA, which is the Coalition of Franchise Franchisee Association. Part of my duties would be to represent our brand um, amongst other franchisees in the CFA, or the Coalition of Franchisee Association. Uh, currently, there are several rather large, if you will, um, members in the association. Some of them would be uh, the Asian American Hotel Owner Association, Domino's Franchisee Association, Dunkin' Donuts Franchise Association, uh, Eastern Virginia Franchise Owner Association, the Franchise Business Services, uh, Little Caesars Franchise Organization, Kumon uh, Learning Centers Franchise Organization, Meineke, um, you probably have heard of Burger King. Uh, there are fr franchise owner associations in there. 7-Eleven. Um, there are several different groups um, that they have based on regions. You'll also notice that uh, Planet Fitness, Subway, Supercuts um, are among some of the other franchise owner associations in this group. And um, each of them play a significant role in what takes place as far as legislation um, in the capital, but also in state level as well. And, uh, and it's important for us to recognize that and be a part of that as well. Um, just an update, the 
CFA sponsored a bill in California known as the Fair Franchising Act. Um, many of you have seen letters that I've sent out regarding this and what that means, but the whole idea of the Fair Franchising Act was to tighten rules um, that franchisors um, exhibit or pressure onto franchisees. Uh, one of the big things that was part of this bill was monetized equity, basically stating that if you terminate a franchisee, they have the right to monetize the equity that they have invested in the franchise itself. Um, as you know, if you've read our franchise agreement, um, if you are terminated, they can confiscate everything and basically take over your store, and you're just out uh, all the money you've invested. And so one of the questions that was asked in per you know, promoting this bill is why should the possessions of a franchisee be confiscated by a franchisor who may have been terminated legally, um, especially when those possessions were paid for by the franchisee. And so that was kind of the question that brought this bill to life. And uh, the rules that were there are the rules um, against franchisors as far as um, wrongful terminations also in limiting a person's ability to renew their franchise agreement. Um, some other rules that were tightened up were the transfer of ownership between family members and um, the property rights of the franchisee as far as the monetized equity and also the sale of your store. Um, if you decide to sell, um, that you would have more rights as a franchisee to sell your store. Well, for about four years... The CFA has been working in California to try to get this bill passed. And about two years ago, the bill actually passed the House of Representatives in California and was unanimously voted and also passed the Senate um, of California. But when it got to the governor's office, he vetoed the bill. And right back to the beginning uh, is where it went. And uh, we're glad to say that as of the end of last year, the bill was also brought back up, unanimously passed by the House and Senate of California. And the Governor Brown also signed it into a law, which is one of the first laws that's been passed um, to help franchisees against franchisors who take um, excessive force and also try to stretch the terms of a contract with the franchisee into places it was not intended to go. So this bill um, was passed. There was a big celebration in January about it. Um, amongst franchisees. However, you probably could guess it, franchisors or home offices are not rejoicing. Um, they belong to a group that adamantly opposed this bill. You probably heard of the IFA, which is the International Franchise or Association. And uh, there are franchisees and franchisors both in this association, but they were adamantly opposed to this bill, thinking it would bring about the complete destruction of the franchise system as we know it. And as you can tell, uh, we still own our stores, so it didn't do that. But it did give us more rights in California. And so it really helped franchisees uh, like us there. Right now, the same bill has been presented in the state level uh, in Pennsylvania, Massachusetts, Rhode Island. Um, it was also put forth in Connecticut, but got shot down pretty quick. And, um, but we are adamantly um, working to try to get franchisees involved in government in these states to help get this bill through. It's also uh, sitting in Washington right now as well. Uh, there's a fran fair franchising bill 
sitting in uh, the House right now waiting for discussions. Um, the Fair Franchise Act um, is also known as House Bill uh, 3196. And um, this basically is the same bill that was passed in California that is in Washington right now, not just making it a state law, but we're trying to work on it to become a national law. And so I'll be honest with you, when it comes to going to Washington, I'm one of those guys that doesn't like to get involved. I'm not a big uh, activist. I'm not one of these guys that like to uh, strut around Capitol Hill and pretend I'm something because uh, I know for a fact I'm nothing. But, you know, somebody once said all it takes for a country to be destroyed is for good men to say nothing. And uh, the truth is somebody needs to say something and somebody needs to take a stand. And a lot of times that puts a bullseye on your back. So it's not popular. It's not a fun thing to do. Um, and sometimes attacks are leveled your way because you take a stand. And um, I want to encourage each of you not to be afraid um, to speak your mind, to take a stand, to protect your own rights um, that you have as an American, but also as a franchisee. It's your money that was invested. It's your um, time and effort that you put into your stores uh, to become successful that we're trying to protect. And uh, honestly, the franchisor, they came up with a great idea. And we bought into that idea. And I'm in, by no means trying to overthrow uh, our corporate offices. Not at all. Um, I'm thankful for the brand that we serve. And I'm glad to be a part of this group and uh, of owners. And I, I admire many of you. And uh, respect so many of you and every one of you because of all that you do to make it a great network. Um, but somebody needs to stand up in Washington and speak to get our representatives on board to help protect our investment. Um, I don't want to lose what I've put into this, and I know you don't either. Last week, Diane and I, we took a trip to Washington and uh, we met with the CFA. We are on the board of the CFA, and that's part of your membership dues is having a voice there at the CFA. And in Washington, that's what we do for the association. And we traveled down there and uh, met with the board and also got to make congressional visits while we were down there. And uh, we had some very productive meetings um, with congressional leaders. Um, each of us met with uh, folks from our pr respective um Areas I know we met with Donald Norcross, who happens to be the um, Democratic uh, representative uh, that's in the House for us. We also met with Chris Smith, who's from North Jersey, uh, District 4, and got to meet with the leaders of his office. And we also met with Stoney Hoyer um, down in Maryland. Uh, he's actually the Democratic whip, and uh, we had to meet with him, not in his congressional office. We went there first, but... Found out he was over in the Capitol itself and working, whipping up votes uh, to try to defeat something that they felt was a detriment to the American people. And uh, so we actually went to his office over in the Capitol building, and that was a rather unique uh, situation being in the Democratic Whip's office. And uh, But while we were there, we had some really good meetings, and uh, we were able to present some things that we thought would be helpful and ask for the help of Congress um, when it comes to these different bills. And so here's kind of what we talked about. We spoke to them about Small Business Administration Franchise Loan Transparency Act. Uh, this is HR 3559. You say, what's the SBA Franchise Loan Transparency Act have to do with me? Well, right now, 
I could show you a list of over a hundred different franchises um, who misrepresent first-year economic guideposts so that people can get loans through the SBA. Um, these loans are acquired through false um, paperwork, false n- numbers, and uh, and false projections, and basically just for the purpose of guaranteeing a loan by the SBA, franchisors will actually mislead the SBA into giving loans to people and misleading franchisees into believing these numbers are real uh, so that they can just get their money and run. The SBA has put out a list of these um, groups, and would you believe there are some franchisees that have over a 95% failure rate and have still been able to get SBA loans. And you say, well, so what? I couldn't get an SBA loan. doesn't affect me. But it does affect you when it comes to the credibility of our franchise and does, and not just our franchise, but any franchise uh, for that matter. And uh, it also limits how generous the SBA will be with loans when there's so much default uh, going on out there. And matter of fact, these default rates some are at 50%, some at 60%. There was a group um, that was there at our meeting in Washington, and uh, the Huntington Learning Center um, had over a 65% failure rate in the first year. But because of the current laws that are on the books, they're not even required. Anybody who starts a business in that first year and fails that first year is not even required to be listed as a failed business or a failed franchise. So they basically take all those first-year failures and first-year uh, closures and take them completely out of the numbers, skewing everything that's written after that. And so we asked for um, the House to basically make that mandatory that every franchisor must represent their numbers correctly so that a, a potential franchisee has clear vision of what he can make in his first year and that no loans will be made to franchisees um, on the behalf of a franchisor that they know is a bad loan. And uh, I mean, SBA loans are guaranteed. They'll confiscate your home. They'll confiscate any asset you have to pay themselves back. So they're willing to give the money knowing it's guaranteed that they're going to get it back. Uh, through your assets. And so we're trying to protect franchisees by asking for this bill to be more transparent and to provide these first-year income uh, results so that it can properly uh, show if this franchise is worth investing in or not. We also, again, talked about the Fair Franchise Act, which we already spoke about in detail. Um, We want to make sure that we have more rights as franchisees against franchisors when it comes to termination, reselling our stores, transferring our stores to our family members, um, also protecting our monetary equity in the store. All the investments that we made and purchased, um, we can sell that um, if we're ever ever terminated and that the franchisor just can't come in and take it as a right of theirs. There's also another bill right now, which is called the Joint Employer Act. And uh, this is being presented by the NLRB, which is the National Labor Relations Board. Um, There has been a bill that was passed into law about 30 years ago. The IFA, which is the franchisors, is adamantly opposed against this and taking all money they raise to fight this bill. They do not want the Joint Employer Act. 
And uh, what that basically does is says that the employer, which is you and me, if our staff, for some reason, uh, had a problem, if there was a workman's comp problem, if there was a sexual harassment type problem, and they wanted, they wanted to escalate and try to sue, um, they can not only just sue you, but they are trying to open it up where that your home office or franchisor is linked with you as an employer. And, uh, and because of that, they can actually sue them. So there is a potential here on both sides of this act where some people think it's a great act, like, hey, I get more protection because now home office is involved. And if they want to go after deep pockets, they can go after them. Um, there's others who are afraid of that because um, of the fact that because of these regulations being pushed on the franchisor, that their rules and their input in my everyday business is going to impede what I'm trying to accomplish as a franchisee, and that is to make more money for myself. And uh, so there's opposition, and there's also people who are proponents of this act uh, as a franchisee. My position um, is it's kind of like a very, there's so many uncertainties. Is it good? Is it bad? Um, it's good in a way that we can actually use the leverage of, hey, we want to be compliant with the laws and we will help you home office achieve these compliance issues through our association, which would give us more credibility and also lead to a, a more strength among our uh, franchise organization. But on the same token, I have the fear that new regulations and more interference from home office would come into our stores. So it's kind of like driving down the middle of a two-lane highway. Uh, if you drive down the middle of a two-lane highway, um, something bad is going to happen pretty soon. Um, it's just a matter of time before something negative happens and somebody gets hurt and gets hurt real bad. The NLRB is saying that this law is important and we want to take every case on a case-by-case -case basis and determine who's at fault, who is um, really the employer here, is it the franchisor or is it just the franchisee. Um, depending on how much rules and regulations are being imposed by the franchisor. And uh, so that opens up a whole can of worms when they do it case by case. And so my opinion is to back away from it and not try to force this through Congress. And uh, we encouraged our congressmen to vote no against this bill um, and just to put it off until they could get some more clarity. A uh, pastor friend of mine used to say, don't make any decisions while the water is muddy. Um, he said, if you give it time, the water will settle and things will become crystal clear. And I kind of feel the same way about this bill. I think if we rush forward and try to push something through that joins us closer and puts more liability on the home office, um, it could become a problem for us. So I want to wait till they clarify the lines as far as what distinguishes, um, the franchisor as part of the fran as part of the employer, and um, I know some of you are thinking, well, I'd like that because then I could get paychecks from home office or I could get more benefits and health insurance like they get. Um, but that's not the way it works. It's more of a one-sided street than that. So we're kind of against it. Um, there's also another bill sitting in the House right now, which is um, H.R. 3765, which is an ADA lawsuit. Um, there are guys out there right now who go into stores like ours and look for violations of the ADA uh, compliance code for people with disabilities. And what they do is they look for these 
um, areas where you're non-compliant, and they will file a suit against you and try to sue you. And what happens is once you're served papers, they'll come in. It could be that a mirror is an inch too high for somebody in the bathroom, and therefore you're going to have to, uh, we're going to sue you because the mirror wasn't the right height, or your ramp leading up to your store wasn't at the right angle, or you didn't have a complete um, ease of access and entry and exit uh, from your store, and we're going to sue you. And uh, so what they'll do is they'll put up this lawsuit and say, look, if you want to go to court and fight us, um, it may cost you $10,000, or we can settle out of court for about 5500 bucks, and you can make this all go away as long as you get it fixed. Right now, there's nothing on the books that protect us from those kind of drive-by lawsuits. There are lawyers who are making big-time income off of these kind of lawsuits, and it's a really it's become a cottage industry. And when we spoke about this on Capitol Hill, every single representative to a person knew about it, and understand it's a problem, but they're afraid because if they stand up about these ADA laws and put restrictions, it's going to make them feel or make them appear that they don't care about folks with disabilities. <clears throat> so we try to encourage them to pass a, pass a bill into a law that says that they must give us at least a period of time to correct these problems before any suits can be filed. Um, they can notify us of the issues. We have a certain grace period to get it corrected before they go any further with these lawsuits, and it would help cut down on these uh, frivolous lawsuits right now. So that's what's going on, and uh, that's what we promoted out there. And again, all these bills are there to help protect the franchisee, try to uh, protect our investment, protect what we've labored for for so many uh so many years. And um, I got to tell you guys, I'm down there at this meeting and we had the CFA day, which was a big forum. We tried to get a bunch of franchisees there and, and uh, all the heads of the organizations were there. But I noticed at 7-Eleven group, there was probably 14 guys that showed up from all over the country to lobby on Capitol Hill um, to help you know, correct some problems that are going on with their franchise right now. Um, Kumon had three people there. Dunkin' Donut had probably five or six people there. And these organizations are huge. And when I tell you the numbers, it's a little bit staggering. But right now, the CFA represents more than 337,000 franchise owners, including our organization, there are over 86,000 locations represented on, in the CFA, and almost 1.4 million employees are represented as employees of these franchises. Those are some staggering numbers. But the thing that, fr that frustrates me a little bit is that there's 3,700 franchise owners, and we had 63 people go to Capitol Hill. That means all the rest of them were too busy disinterested, or just feel it's a big waste of time to go and do their civic duty and trying to talk to people about some of the problems they face as a franchise, as a franchisee. I was optimistic. When we were approached last October about this meeting, I thought, man, I can get a bunch of franchise owners to come to Washington for one day and go with me and visit Capitol Hill and meet with our representatives and present our case 
um, that we need to have some fair representation. And uh, I, I honestly thought we'd have 80 people show up. After three months, after the first of the year, I was thinking, boy, it'd be nice if we had 20. And, uh, well, we had two, and uh, me and my wife. And honestly, I really wish that we would have had more. It's good for us to see what goes on. It's good for them to see us so they can understand who it is that's kind of driving the economy and uh, who's employing people, who's providing a service to help others, and you know who's taking the risk to start a business. And that's what we're here for, guys. We're here to represent you, but we sure could use your help. And maybe you can't go to Washington. Maybe you can't be a part of that group. But maybe you could write a letter to your congressperson. And as we send our congressional updates through emails to you, that you'll take it to heart and that you'll just write and draft a simple letter and write your congressman saying, please help us in supporting this bill. And uh, if you can get active on the state level, that would be great as well. Um, I know that this now about two weeks from now, my wife and I will be hosting a regional um, TUPSO meeting. And uh, the president of the Franchise Association from Kumon is going to come down, and she's going to talk a little bit about the CFA and tell others what's going on and uh, show them how they can be used as far as a tool for good. And um, I hope that if we can help you in that way, you'll let us know. Again, it's an honor um, to be serving on the board. <clears throat> I'm not sure how I got picked, not sure how that came about. But I do count it an honor uh, to serve you, to represent you, and uh, to be a voice um, for those of you who can't go to Washington. And um, I just ask that you to remember us, encourage us. We sometimes get discouraged and wonder why we're doing it. Um, but if we can help you in any way, I want to be that person. And I know that Keenan is the same way. Um, what a great guy. Love him. He's a good man. I wish you have a good week. I hope you enjoyed this Technocast. hope it gave you some clarity, and I uh, hope I didn't bore you too much. Have a great week. Make some money.